0: Point of Impact Podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us today. Get ready to be inspired and motivated to live a high-impact life. Now, here's Rick. Welcome to The Point of Impact Podcast. I'm Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us again today. And we're going to continue what we started last week, talking about decision-making. And today, we're going to talk about a fascinating subject, which which is decision-making styles the fact that people have different styles and that's why different people make decisions differently, but we'll also look at kind of the weakness of these styles and maybe the one that will serve us best in terms of making the wisest decisions that will help us and bless our lives in so many ways. Before we jump into that, I just want to touch base with you a few things. One is, hey, just uh, really would appreciate the rating, uh, a nice rating, five-star rating, and, and any reviews that you can give. Just watching how this happens with my book just reminds me of how important it is that people want to know what you know other folks like about the podcast or just even just a number that says, hey, this is worth your time to listen to. So if you can take a moment on like an Apple podcast and just give us a, a good rating and maybe a brief review about what you like about the show, about the podcast, really appreciate that, and it'll help you, and I hope uh, certainly uh, help others uh, as uh, and certainly us as well. So we appreciate that. And to my book, this is living daily inspiration to live your faith. I just want to share with you something that you might be interested in, which is that we're offering a a five day uh, devotional. So five of the one hundred devotions or meditations readings that are in the book you can get a, a free five-day one if you go to rickmcdanford.com you'll see new book the new book there just click new book and you can uh, you can sign up uh, to or just give your email and, and you'll get a download of that five days so if you're like you know i still don't really know what this is about or i'd like to know more about this before i i buy the book then there you go. The book, by the way, is twenty five percent off right now on Amazon, which is pretty good. So it will uh, won't cost you very much. Uh, if you like eBooks, it's even less expensive. Uh, if you want to go that route, but if you're saying, "Hey, I'd like to just," you know, have a sample and great. Five days. You can. You've got five uh, devotions there. Five readings that you can have. So if you just go to RickMendino and uh give your give your email we'll send you the uh we'll send you the five-day devotional and then you can have a look at that and and see what it's about and hopefully you'll be like yeah i like this i'd like 95 more of these and and then you can uh, pick up the book so and rickman again is a great place to go for finding out about my youtube channel that you can listen to messages and articles that i've written and all kinds of stuff, so it's all out there for you. So I, I encourage you to go and go there. That's kind of the one one place you can go to get all the information that you need. So be looking for all of that and 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 uh, go there. And uh, again, on if you like to listen to devotions instead of read them, every Monday through Friday, every week, devotions with Rick McDaniel, two thirty Eastern time, eleven thirty. Uh, Pacific time on pray radio, pray.com, the pray app. It's all the same thing. Uh, you can, although I will say that on the pray app, you can also not only listen live, but you can go back and listen to any of the previous devotions, and there's like a hundred of them. So you could uh, keep busy for quite a while just uh, uh, listening, and that number will keep increasing every week. So lots there that you can take advantage of, and I hope that. I hope that you, I hope you will take advantage of these resources. This is what I'm here for, to provide these resources for you, to you. So I I hope that you'll be able to take advantage of them. All right, let's get going here today. What we kicked off last week, and last week I, I... Told stories, you know, three or four just bad decisions. And I thought, hey, how about just a couple more today as we get going? How about this? In 1938, a guy named Joe Schuster and another guy, Jerry Siegel, held the rights to the comic strip character Superman and they sold it for $130, $65 each. I mean, just imagine Superman. I mean, it's the comic strip, it's the comic books. And then the movies, all oh, the movies. Oh, it's just incredible to think about the multiple, multiple, multiple millions of dollars that have been made and that could have been part of their royalties. But they sold it. How about this one? When uh, they were making the movie E.T., the producer went to the Mars Candy Company and said, why don't you... Um, provide M&Ms uh, for the uh, alien to to eat in the movie and they're like no we don't want to do that and Reese's PC said oh we'll do it and just again just think about wow what a bad decision if you had gotten on one of the super popular movie huge movie one of the big movies of all time and you could have had your product right there front and center and you said, no, we're not going to do that. So it just shows like uh, a million times over here how significant, how important, how vital it is to to make good decisions. I mean, it's just so vitally important. But here's the thing. We have different decision making styles. And these are influenced by our uh kind of our personality, our internal makeup. Now, I wrote a book called You Got Style and how discovering your personal style impacts your faith, family, finances, and much more. So I think I'm an expert on the style stuff. In that book, I have 13 different chapters with all kinds of styles, including decision styles and time styles and thinking styles and parenting styles and spiritual styles and on and on it goes. So we all have these styles in our, in our lives and that, that kind of make who we are, our makeup, our, how we're wired. And in terms of trying to understand how to make the best possible decisions, know thyself, right? Aristotle said, know thyself. You, you, you need to understand yourself. And if you can see yourself in one of these styles, you've got a lot better opportunity to understand your inherent weakness and be able to respond to that and strategically act uh, in spite of the weakness or counteract the weakness. I'll talk to you, talk about that in each of these, what you need to do to counteract it so that you can end up making the best possible decision. All right, let's begin. First style, the overthinker this is the person who just can never collect enough information to make a decision it's just like they just keep looking for more and more and more and more they want to consider every angle every you know they want to, to, every possibility so they just keep working and working working on trying to get more and more and more and more information well, the problem with that is that it, it leads to inaction. I said last week, not making a decision is a decision. It's a decision not to make a decision. So there's no way to avoid making decisions, by the way. There's no way to avoid it. It's just it's, it's just a reality. It's, it's something that we have to understand that our lives are direct results of the decisions that we make. So it isn't about how can I av- avoid the decision. It's okay. I I know that I'm going to have to make a decision. You know when you when you hesitate, you miss out. I love this quote from Lee Iacocca, the former president chairman of the late Leicocco of Chrysler, he said, even the right decision is the wrong decision if it's made too late. So if you hesitate and don't make a decision, then what could have been the right decision can turn out being the wrong decision. I mean, it's, you know, you're just like, whoa, yeah, that's exactly what can happen. So it's just, it's just crucial. Now in the Bible, if you wanted to say an example of someone, Moses would be the example of, of someone like this, like an overthinker in in, uh, in the book of Exodus chapter 4. Here's what it says in verse 1. Moses asked the Lord, suppose everyone refuses to listen to my message and no one believes that you really appeared to me. And the Lord answered, uh, what's that in your hand? And I'm, I'm going to jump ahead a few verses here. A walking stick, Moses replied. He said, throw it down. And so Moses threw the stick on the ground. It turned into a snake. And Moses jumped back, and and then the Lord said, pick it up by the tail. And Moses told him, uh, okay, I'll do that. And the snake turned back into a walking stick. Do this, and the Israelites believe you've, you've sent me. You know, that's okay. Uh, but that wasn't enough for Moses. No joke. It wasn't enough. He said, well, I've never been a good speaker. And um, I wasn't you know, before, and uh, just this thing with the snake and the stick doesn't really change that. And God said, hey, who, who makes people able to speak or makes them deaf or unable to speak? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Don't you know, I'm the one who does these things. Now go. When you speak, I'll be with you. I'll give you the words to say. And still Moses said, Lord, please send someone else. He kept getting information, good information. He's the guy he, he's the leader, he's the one to do it, and he still couldn't make the decision. So you're like, yeah, that sounds like me. You know, if, if you see yourself, you think, you know, you keep collecting information, collecting information, but you, you never come to a place of making the decision. Then what's really the issue? And the issue is trust. You need to trust yourself, and you need to trust that God is guiding you and directing you to make the right call. That's what you have to do. Just trust that you've done your homework and that you're prepared. And with Moses, he ultimately, uh, he got his brother Aaron to be a spokes- spokesman to really do what he should have been doing himself. You know, Don't miss out on what God has for you. Trust God, trust your research, trust yourself, and make the decision. If you're an overthinker, That's the answer. Then there's another style for decision-making. It's the impulsive style. A person with an impulsive decision-making style really doesn't want to do any of the things that the overthinker does. They're not interested in collecting or processing information. The impulsive simply want to decide. and, And frankly, they want to decide quickly. They don't want to think it through. That's not what they're about. That's not how they want to uh, to work. You know, checkout counters at stores are set up to encourage impulsive individuals, right? Impulse buying, you know, just grab people's attention while they're standing in line. Oh, wow. You just weather this plant and it grows into some crazy shape. Oh, that sounds great. I'm going to buy that. Oh, wow. Okay, so uh, Angelina Jolie is doing this new movie and she's gotten a new tattoo. I need to know about this. The magazine costs $7.50. Oh, Up, no problem. I got to know. It's worth it. You're going to sit there and you think, oh, there's a Butterfinger. I used to really like those when I was a kid. I haven't had one of those in a while. I, oh, it's a super size size. Oh, great. I'm going to get that. I mean, this is, this is what happens, right? You know, like... Then later, you're like, why did I buy a giant Butterfinger? Why do we care how many tattoos Angelina Jolie has? I mean, this is this is what happens in an in, in impulse. Now you say, is there somebody in the Bible that was like that? Yeah, his name was Peter, Apostle Peter, one of Jesus' 12 disciples. I mean, when Jesus appeared to the disciples at night, okay, walking on water, Whoa. They were all scared. And uh, Peter's like, hey, uh, hey, Jesus, I want to come see you. And Jesus is like, OK, jump out of the boat and start walking on water. So everyone else is like, are you crazy? I'm not going to do that. Peter just jumps out of the boat, and starts walking on water. There's another story where uh, a Roman cohort, which is like a battalion of men like 600 soldiers came to arrest jesus and 600 okay and just just jesus and his disciples i mean they're big time outnumbered and peter grabs a sword cuts off the ear of one of the soldiers just like are you crazy you're gonna get us all killed here and by the way kind of a cool story then jesus goes and takes the ear that he just cut off and he Places it back on the soldier and, and, and heals him. I mean, it's just, just one of these like wild little stories in the Bible, but it's the bigger issue that's at play here is the kind of person that Peter was. Let me just give you one more example. He's there, you know, he's there with James and John, and they're on the Mount uh, of Transfiguration. That's what it was called on the mountain, and they have this incredible uh, spiritual experience. And so, Peter immediately says "Oh, we should build a worship center here right now like we should just build something right now he didn't take time to consider how they might say remember or memorialize this occasion he's just like let's just build something right now Uh, I gotta I I gotta give you one more because this is kind of the, the topper so Jesus tells us Followers and his disciples, he says, "Listen, I've got a path to go down here. It's not going to be good." And Peter says, "Not going to happen. Not going to happen. It's not going to happen." And Jesus actually has to rebuke Peter. You know, in fact, he says something really, really wild. He says, "Get, get, get behind me, Satan!" Like, I mean, it's really harsh to one of his close, closest confidants. But he's like, y- "You're trying to stand in the way of God's will here." But that's Peter. You know, just. Impulsive decision maker. So what's the right response if, if this is your style, this impulsive style? And and the response is really this like wait. Like before you make a quick decision, just wait. Wait to get more information. Wait until your emotions come down the th- two or three notches. Just wait put put on the brakes. That's what you have to, to do if this is your style. Just respect the stop sign, you know, let your intellect come into play and, and, and give yourself some time. Don't make that quick, impulsive decision because it could very well end up being an ill-informed decision that will end up uh, harming you and, and 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 hurting your life and your future and you probably already know this and have had enough of these negative experiences and and you don't want to you don't want to keep repeating that okay how about another decision making style the fun seeker the fun seeker based their decisions on whether it's going to be enjoyable whether it's going to be fun whether it's going to be pleasurable they they don't Think about all the factors. If it's going to be fun, it's going to be a good time. The answer is yes. If there are ramifications, they rationalize that those, you know, can be dealt with later on. And the fun factor just can't be all you consider when you make a decision. You just can't. You know, I am a guy that I think has developed a a reputation for within Christian leadership of saying, hey, you know, like serving God should be fun. Like the church should not be boring and followers of Christ shouldn't be either. So I believe in in having fun and having a good time. And I think you can, by the way, have fun and um, enjoy yourself. But it can't be the first Priority. It can't be the top thing in making a decision because having your priorities in order is is what it takes to make a a good decision. You know, if you're looking for somebody in, in the Bible that was like this, it would be the famous Samson. He was legendary, right, for his feats of strength and his just crazy actions and decisions. So he sees this woman. He's like, oh man, she's hot. I want to have her. He tells his dad. But she's a Philistine, and they're like the mortal enemies of his people, the Israelites. And they're not supposed to intermarry with, with the people that are their total enemies or sworn enemies. So he should have just dropped it. But he decides, you know what? I, I'm going to go after this girl. And so he has this party. And. There's like 30 Philistine men there, and he tells them a riddle. And if they can tell him the right answer, then um, he'll give each man a shirt and a full change of clothes. But if they can't tell him the answer, then each of them has to give him a shirt and a full change of clothes. And they don't want to lose the bet. So the Philistines go to to his future wife and say, you know, trick your husband into telling us the answer to the riddle. And so... um, and and by the way, they they threaten her too. They don't just ask. You know, they're like, you know, if you don't uh, give us the get us the answer, then uh, your family's going to die. It's it's in the Bible in Judges chapter fourteen. You can read the story. So she comes to him. She cries and she says, "If you love me, you'll tell me." Um. For seven days, <laughs> for seven days, he cries and whines and keeps putting the pressure on and and so uh finally he gives in he tells her the answer and and in in chapters 14 right in verse 17 it says she went straight to the young men and told them like as soon as she found out she went straight and told them and so then they tell samson that they have the answer to the riddle and so uh samson gets so mad that he goes out and kills 30 other guys and takes their clothes and brings their clothes to these 30 men. Yeah, no joke. Then he goes to get his fiancee and then her father actually gave her to be married to one of the 30 guys because he thought Samson would be so mad for her telling the secret that he wouldn't want to marry her anymore. And then he gets mad about that And burns a bunch of vineyards and orchards. I mean, this guy's got an incredible story, right? I mean, just then the Philistines are super mad at him for doing all of that. And uh, it just turns into uh, this incredible fight, another humongous fight. So... It's a great story. You should really read it for yourself. I I don't have time to tell you the whole story because it's really quite a story about what he did. It was him against 3,000, and guess who won? So I'll give you a little idea of the legend of this guy. But, you know, it, where did this all start? It started with his fun-seeking decision to marry the wrong woman. So, you know, don't make decisions based on... Fun only. God's not a killjoy. He's not trying to keep you from having fun, but He's trying to protect you from getting in the situations that could complicate your life, cause you harm, difficulty, despair. So, you know, stick to the principles uh, of the Bible, the teachings of Jesus. Let those guide your decision making. You'll end up uh, a lot better off. All right. Here's another style: the non-confronter. The non-confronter style. So this is someone who can't decide to do something be, because they're concerned that somebody else might get upset. This is the the classic people pleaser. They they just really want people to like them and they want everybody to be happy and to get along. But everybody can't be happy and everybody can't always get along. And sometimes decisions have to be made that favor one group or one person or someone or a group is going to like it, and another isn't. It it's just this is the way it goes. And so, if you try to make everybody happy, you know the old adage. I don't know if you know it, but you know if you try to end, make everybody happy, you end up making nobody happy because in the end, it's it's an impossible thing to do. There's someone in the Bible. He was a protege of the Apostle Paul's name was Timothy, and Paul was really trying to you know mentor him and help him. And in, in one, uh, you know, in one of the uh, scriptures, he wrote these letters, First and Second Timothy, you know, for Paul wrote them, but they were to Timothy. And so he's trying to say to him, listen, um, you're going to have to to do some things that are not easy to do. You're going to have to tell some things to people that they may not want to hear. But you have to do it. You can't be afraid or timid. Everyone's not going to like or agree with or appreciate what you have to say, but you have to say it. And you have to make decisions sometimes that aren't popular. And anyone in leadership knows this. That there are times you have to make decisions that people are not going to like, but you you have to make them anyway. So for a non-confronter, really, you know, what you have to do is have courage. Courage to, to, to decide the tough decision, to make the tough call. That's what you have to be willing to do in order for it to uh, be best for everybody, including you. Here's another decision-making style, the procrastinator. Procrastinators put off decisions for as long as they can. They, they secretly hope that if they keep putting off this, the decision, they'll uh, actually never have to make one. They think that circumstances and events will transpire and the decision will be made. It's just, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's great in theory, and then it completely falls apart in reality. In the Bible, there was a guy named Felix. He was a Roman governor, and uh, he was somebody that uh, interacted with the Apostle Paul. And basically, he didn't want to make a decision about the Apostle Paul, about what to do about him. Should he be uh, put in jail? Should he be let free? Should he be sent to Rome? Should he not? He wanted to put it off for another time And he also wanted to put off a decision about what Paul was speaking to him about, which is what Paul would speak to everyone about, which is, what about Jesus? You know, like Paul started talking about it. And and in Acts chapter 24, and it says that Paul was talking about doing right, about self-control, about the coming judgment. And he said to Paul, that's enough for now. Uh, You know, you may go and when I have time, I'll send for you. So he put it off. The procrastinator not making decision is a decision. So it's just something where you can't do it. You can't do it. The procrastinator needs to to decide now. You've got to make the decision. You know, maybe you've been dating this person for years. Like you got to make the call. Maybe you've been, you know, waiting to move into a new home or to a new area. Or maybe starting a new career like you you have to make the call. You you know what they say, you know, fish or cut bait. What's it going to be like? You've got to do something. You've got to make the decision. Can't procrastinate any longer. So these are different styles uh, that we can have in, in, in decision making. We've, uh, we've got to overcome now. What we all really want to get to would be what I would call the wisdom seeker style, where, where you're you know, you're looking for help, you know, looking for information. But again, not just continuing to acquire information, but information to get you to a place of of making a decision the most famous man in terms of wisdom in the world was king solomon right he he was just like god said you can have anything you want he said i want wisdom so the wisdom seeker like forms a, a team of people who can be his or her advisor we start out with parents and teachers and coaches you know helping us to make wise decisions and then we've got a As we get older, we've got to find other people, you know, financial advisor for finances and retirement and a physical trainer to help you take care of your body and live healthy and and trusted friends who know you and love you and can give you the best advice because they have your best interests in mind. This is what we all need. Situational counsel for different situations. We, you know, we go to the particular expert or person that can help us in that situation. And you got to be able to listen and process the advice. And in the end, you know, you've got to make the decision. But hopefully people who are experts who have credentials, you know, give you advice and you, you take that into account. You look to see what wisdom there is in the Bible, that the principles that could easily guide you to the right direction. So do that. And, and when you function that way as a wisdom seeker, then you have a lot better chance of making a good decision. So you have to overcome whatever weaknesses you might have in your own style of decision-making and really just say, I want to be a wisdom seeker and I want to, I want to just seek out the best possible advice so that I can make the best possible decision and will bless my life. And I hope that you will do that. Be a wisdom seeker. I hope this has been helpful for you today. Share it with your friends and your family members and others who need this kind of insight for making decisions. And we'll see you again next week. And we'll continue to talk about decision making. You've been listening to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for tuning in. And we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.